Good morning. Hope you all are doing well. I'm Luke Mabry. I'm the pastor of Matthew's Presbyterian Church. And I welcome you and I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If uh, you're worshiping with us for the first time or otherwise visiting with us, we're especially glad to have you. I hope I get the chance to meet you after worship. Um, I encourage everyone to sign our friendship pads that should be on the aisle sides of the pew. Sign those and pass them down so you'll know who's sitting next to you. Uh, we have a lot of good things happening in the life of the church, most of which hopefully you saw on the slides. Um, we have communion today. Um, so um, we'll give further instructions in the service if you're here. If you're not here and you're watching us virtually, welcome, by the way. There's the camera right there. I was looking at the wrong spot. Welcome. It's wonderful to be seen by you anyway. Have some bread and juice ready uh, for later in the service. Um, after the service, we have soup. It's a great day for soup, is it not? It's cold and rainy, and uh, we have soup outside in the friendship court. We have it. You can eat it here, or you can get it to go, either one. We're accepting donations. There is no charge, but we are accepting donations to go support our missions at Matthews Presbyterian Church, so I encourage you to stay for that. Um, youth meet tonight at 6. Stacy Bowen, you want to come forward? All right, good morning, everyone. Um, I just wanted to let you know um, our Christian Education Committee actually has met, and today we had our first um, Sunday school classes with children and youth and wanted to invite everyone to come to those. We'll also have a time of fellowship for all parents of all ages. Um, and then we have our other two Sunday school classes as well. Um, but our youth are actually going to meet today at 4.30 for a parent and youth meeting um, to kind of kick off the 2023 year. And we're also going to have our AMP uh, parent and children meeting on Wednesday at 4.30. So we hope you guys can join us. Thank you. Thank you, Stacy. Uh, we also have Wednesday night suppers returning this Wednesday at 6 o'clock, so I look forward to seeing you all there. I'm not going to do a Bible study this Wednesday, but I will resume those very soon. I'm just covered up in other meetings this week, so I can't start this week, but I will soon. Next Sunday is Martin Luther King weekend, and we have a number of events in the Matthews community to commemorate that. At 2.30 next Sunday afternoon, we have an educational activity at Mount Moriah Missionary Baptist Church, and then we do a peaceful march at 3 from there to the town hall, and uh, depending on how fast we walk, we get there about 3.30. So y'all are welcome to come to either of those, or hopefully all of those, and then the following morning, that Monday morning, we have a worship service at 10 o'clock at Mount Moriah Missionary Baptist Church. Also related to that, uh, Mount Moriah Missionary Baptist and Matthews United Methodist and Matthews Presbyterian are all participating in a bridge building um, program to um, build relationships across racial lines. They generally meet the second Tuesday of the month. That's, they're not meeting this month because we're doing all these other MLK events. So this is a little confusing, and you'll hear a lot more about it. But we are going to meet on the first Tuesday in February. So just put that on your calendar, stay tuned, and we'll uh, get more information out about that in the coming weeks. We're kind of short-staffed today. Marcy Doak, our associate pastor's husband, is being ordained as an elder at Sharon Presbyterian Church, and so we celebrate that with her, and she is with him. Um, Notorian Patton, our music director, is uh, leading a college conference at Montreat, so he couldn't be here today. Um, Tom Kiff, of course, is here, and uh, Brad and Mark 
and Doug are all upstairs in the sound booth. Martin and Tara are our elders. And so, um, anyway, it's wonderful to see y'all. Again, welcome. Any other announcements? Let us prepare our hearts and minds to worship God together. rise in body or spirit for the call to worship. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and all the glory of the Lord. Nations shall come to your light, and rulers to the brightness of your rising. Let us worship God together.
God's amazing love for us is that while we were still sinners, while we were at our very worst, Christ died for us. That allows us to approach the throne of judgment with confidence as God's own children. So let us do that now as we pray together the prayer of confession. Let us pray. God of glory, you sent Jesus among us as the light of the world to reveal your love for all people. We confess that our sin and pride hide the brightness of your light. We turn away from the poor. We ignore cries for justice. We do not strive for peace. In your mercy, cleanse us of our sin and baptize us once again with your spirit that forgiven and renewed, we may show forth your glory shining in the face of Jesus Christ. Let us continue to pray and confess our sins in silence. Amen. Friends, hear the good news, hear the gospel. Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners like us. He himself bore all of our sins in his body on the cross that all of us might be dead to sin and alive to everything that's good. Friends, you've been made new creations, pure and spotless in these waters of baptism and forgiven. So I do declare unto all of you that your sins are forgiven. And God has made it possible for all of us to live in peace with one another, with our enemies even, and also with God. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Let us pass the peace to one another. Let us pray. Almighty God, in this season of Epiphany, you invite us to seek Christ's revelation. In the readings of these scriptures today, give us the eyes to see and the ears to hear who Christ is in the Bible and in the world around us. May this knowledge transform us. Amen.
The Old Testament reading this morning is Psalm 72, verses 1 through 7 and 10 through 14. Let us listen for God's word for us today. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to a king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. May the mountains yield prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people and give deliverance to the needy and crush the oppressor. May he live while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may righteousness flourish and peace abound until the moon is no more. May the kings of Tarsh and the isles render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all the kings fall down before him. All nations give him service, for he delivers the needy when they call, the poor and those who have no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence, he redeems their life, and precious is their blood in his sight. This is the word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The children are invited to come up front for their time with Mrs. Klein. Good morning, everybody. What is that? A star. Is it really bright? Could you see it from really far away? Yes. You could. You know what this Sunday commemorates in the church? It's actually a day that, the, actually it's January 6th. It's called Epiphany. And it is a day that we recognize as when, um, who followed a star? Long, long, the wise men followed a star. And how long did they follow that star for? Long time, yeah, really, really long time. Long, lots of miles. They were probably hungry and thirsty and tired, but they followed that star because what were they looking for? Jesus. They were looking for Jesus. And did they find Jesus? Yes. They did find Jesus. And where was he? In a manger. In a manger. And was he there with Mary and Joseph? That's right. So they did that long, long journey. And they found Jesus. And they were so excited that they found Jesus. And it's exactly what they were looking for. So I was thinking about where we find Jesus here in church. So we're going to all come up here and we're going to take a little tour of where we can fo follow the star. So come on up. Everybody come up here and have a seat in one of these chairs. Has anybody sat in the choir loft before? Yes. A couple of you did during the children's pageant, didn't you? So the choir sits up here almost every Sunday. And what do they do? Sing. They sing. Why do they sing? To show Jesus our love, to praise Jesus, to show things that are happening in the church. So I think Jesus is right here with the choir. Don't you? All right, let's see. Let's take another trip to follow the star. Oops, come this way. Don't trip. 
We're going to take a trip over here to the Oregon with Mr. Tom. If y'all just want to take a peek around here and see the back of the Oregon up close, go on around there. Do you think Jesus is with Tom and with the organ that makes such beautiful music for our church? Yes. Isn't that amazing that people know how to make an organ to make that kind of beautiful music? So we find Jesus in our organ and with Tom when he's playing it. So let's come up here, follow the star. This is the pulpit. Have any of you ever been up here behind the pulpit and looked out over all the people? All those people? Like Pastor Luke and Pastor Marcy do? Is Jesus here at the pulpit? He is. Because they're reading the Bible. They're giving a sermon. They're talking to people about God and Jesus. They're helping people with their faith. So, yeah, Jesus is right here at our pulpit. Let's get on this way to the communion table. Watch the cord. So we have communion today. Is Jesus at our communion table? Yes. Yes, he is. This is a special sacrament where we remember that Jesus gave himself for, our forgive, for the forgiveness of our sins. So we have bread and we have juice. And when we have the bread, that represents Jesus' body who was broken for us. And we have the juice, it represents his blood that he shed for us. So Jesus is right here in our church at the communion table. Got another place to go, follow the star. So what's this over here? Everybody gather around the baptismal font. There's water in that baptismal font. Is Jesus here at the baptismal font? Jesus and God claim us as their own when we're baptized with this water. Y'all want to feel the water? So when we're baptized, we are claimed as Jesus' own, and we have the grace of God through our baptism. It makes noise when Pastor Luke pours the water on, so it sounds like it's really like falling into, into the rocks. Now we're going to go one more place, and I'm going to have to put my star down. Let's go right in the middle. It's always dry. So right here, is Jesus right here? Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible tells us that wherever two or more are gathered, Jesus is present. He's with us. He's with everybody as we're gathered here to worship him and sing to him and praise him. And it makes us possible to be in community with each other. And not only is he in this group, he's in every single one of us. Right? All right, so put your hand on somebody else's shoulder. Form a little circle here. If anybody else in the congregation wants to put your hand on somebody else's shoulder, we're going to have a prayer together. Bow our heads. Repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for being with us. Thank you for making it possible for Matthew's Presbyterian Church to be part of our lives lives. and to show us where you are. are. In Jesus' name we pray. pray. Amen. Amen.
Y'all can go to Noah's Chapel. Scripture reading comes from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Hear the word of the Lord. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you found him, bring me word so that I may go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. This is the word of the Lord, and all God's people said, thanks be to God. I've always found this kind of a fun passage to preach on because we know so little about it, and therefore you can make stuff up, which is a lot of fun. And we kind of do that with all the Christmas story. There are a lot of characters in the Christmas story. Take the shepherds, for example. We never hear from the shepherds before or after the Christmas story, and so you can make up all sorts of stuff about them. Um, you can also make characters that don't exist in the Christmas story all the time. In fact, when I was sick with COVID, I, I tell you, it was really weird, really, really weird sitting on the bench this Christmas Eve um, watching Christmas services from my, from my couch because I was sick. But I watched a lot of them, and I heard an entire sermon on the innkeeper. The only problem was there's no such animal in the Bible as an innkeeper. You know, we make stuff up about the Christmas story because there's so little actually in there. And the wise men actually are a great example of that, maybe the best example of that. I don't know where we come, I don't know how wise, I don't know if they were wise at all, nor do I know really if they were men. 
Um, the, the Bible just says magi, and this is really the only time in the Bible that word is used, and so you really don't know who they are. You don't know if they're wise or not. Maybe there maybe were men. Maybe there were men and women, children. I have no idea. Um, I don't know how many of them there were. We've always thought three, I guess, because they brought their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, so that's one for each, so it had to be three. I mean, because two people can't carry three gifts. You know, that's just not going to work, so there has to be three. Um, and they're from the east. Y'all know where that is? It's, uh, now, the, I don't know if you would noticed, in the NRSV, the east is capitalized, and in our hymns, um, we three kings from Orient are, so we see, see that as the Orient. Um, but I don't know. I mean, east of what? Where is east? And the other confusing thing, you know, if Matthew was here, he may tell me I'm, I'm overthinking all this or I'm, I'm not thinking enough or something. I don't know. But I also wonder, the star was in the east. Well, if the star is in the east... They had to travel west. None of that makes any sense to me. But what is clear in this passage, if you pay attention to this passage, one thing that's clear is when they, these wise men, whoever they are, however many of them they are, wherever they came from, whether they're wise or not, we don't know. Actually, I don't think they are. I'll get to that in a minute. But one thing we do know is that when they went into Jerusalem, they had that whole town's attention. We see that. The whole town was disturbed at what they said. And they also had King Herod's complete attention, which is saying something because King Herod was a very, very, very powerful man. Now, he was not a very good man. He wasn't a good dude at all. But let's face it, you don't amass a lot of power by being nice all the time. See, we've seen that kind of play out this week, in fact. Um, but boy, he was powerful. And he was a great builder, Herod the Great was. In fact, he built a number of things that still stand today. That's pretty impressive. That's really, really impressive. In fact, some of what he built is still in use today. And if we did a study, Bible study last fall on leadership in the Bible, and we probably should have studied King Herod, because say what you want to about him, but he was a really, he had to be a really good leader. I think, and they had his complete attention, and they totally snubbed him. If you, the very end, having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they snubbed him. They went to their own homeland, wherever that was, they snubbed Herod. There wasn't anything bright about snubbing Herod, because Herod's a very powerful man, and, and for two reasons. Number one, it's really risky to snub Herod. When you rub Herod the wrong way, buddy, your head's going to roll, literally. And it's not just your head that's going to roll either. In fact, and that's, that's exactly what happened in this story. The wise men, they had to run. They had to run pretty fast, but they were fine. But all the children in and around Bethlehem, well, they didn't make out so well, if you remember how that story goes. Neither did their parents make out so well. You don't snub Herod and not pay a real high price for it. And number two, the other reason it's not very wise to snub Herod is they forfeit all sorts of opportunity to do great good. Not that Herod is all concerned about great good, but look, you've got his attention. You have his positive attention. So maybe you could prevail upon him. 
that it is in his political best interest to do something for the common good, for everybody. Maybe you could, maybe you could influence him a little bit. Instead, you snub him. And people, not you, by the way, not so wise, wise men, but other people pay a very, very, very high price for that. I don't think that was a great idea to snub Herod. We've always kind of liked power. We Presbyterians have, and it's not just Presbyterians. We Christian, American Christians have always liked power, and we've always had it. And regardless of which side we're on, we've always, we've always had it. And historically, we've done great good with it. Now, now, the footnote to that is we've done great harm with it, too, from time to time. And I'm not sure what the footnote is. Is the, is the real story that we've done great harm with it and then a little bitty footnote and every now and then we do some good with it or is it the other way around? I don't know. But either way, I do know we've had it and we've done things with it. Ed Newberry is the pastor of Memorial Presbyterian Church off Beatty's Ford Road, and he was there for 34 years or something. And he told me one time, this was years ago in the 80s, that Mecklenburg County elected their, all of their commissioners at large. Now we have districts, so every part of the, of the county can be represented. But at one time, all the Mecklenburg County commissioners were elected at large. And at one time, something like seven of the nine commissioners on Mecklenburg County Board of Commissioners were in the same Sunday school class at Myers Park Presbyterian Church. Now think about that for a little while. That's power. And we look back on them and sometimes we shake our heads at some of what they said, some of what they did, some of what they assumed. We, we can't even believe it. And yet... They did great good with it, too. If you read the book Color and Character, which is about how Mecklenburg County integrated their public schools in the 70s and 80s, they, they were actually ahead of the rest of the nation on that, and a lot of that was the work of these Mecklenburg County commissioners, all of whom were in the same Sunday school class at Myers Park Presbyterian Church. They did great good with that. Historically, and even presently, we try to do great good with the power, with our relationship with Herod. See, we don't snub Herod. It's not very smart to snub that kind of power because you can do good with it. But today, what I've seen more and more is that not that we snub Herod, but Herod's kind of snubbed us. Herod really doesn't care about us. I was ordained in 2008, and I learned, they, they didn't teach me this in seminary, but I learned real quick that when the, when the GA met, the, the GA, General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church, meets every two years, and they meet in the summertime. And what I learned the first year um, was that every time they met, the Charlotte Observer would write some provocative headline over something that GA did, and then I would go to church that, that morning, on that sunny morning, and everybody would be furious, you know, and I'd have this, I'd have this big hornet's nest I'd have to deal with. So what I learned real quick was to, make, to plan my vacations around General Assembly. Because <laughs> it, it worked. You know, and if I was out that Sunday, the news cycle would have changed by the time I got back. And then I got back, and I wouldn't have to worry about it. And I, I, that worked beautifully for a while. That was one of those unspoken rules that I learned early on. Well, I tell you today, A, nobody reads a Charlotte Observer anyway. And B, 
Even if they did, they wouldn't be writing headlines about the General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church because they don't care anymore about the General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church. So I don't have to plan my vacations that way. I can go on vacation whenever I want to because Herod doesn't care about us anymore. And you know what? That's been very difficult for the church at large to accept. But you know what I think? I think it's probably a pretty good thing, actually. We've gotten too cozy with Herod over the years. We really have. And Herod... That don't tell Herod the Great this because my head may roll, literally. But Herod the Great's power is greatly limited, and he knows it. In fact, that's why he's so paranoid. That's why when he hears about an infant king, he freaks out and commits mass murder because he's paranoid. Because he knows full well that he, while he has great power to affect policy, public policy, which I don't belittle that, that's very important, he also knows that he is absolutely powerless to change my heart or to change your heart. And at the end of the day, friends, that's what needs to change our hearts. And Herod, government, the halls of power, they can't change our hearts. Only Jesus can do that. Herod can't can't change the world either. Oh, yeah, he can change the world and he can start wars and he can do terrible things. And sometimes he can do great good, but he can't change the world. But I'll tell you who can I'll tell you who can save the world. Jesus can and has. And that, that's who we need. Herod doesn't change my heart. Jesus changes my heart. Herod can't change the collective heart of Matthew's Presbyterian Church or Matthew's the community, but Jesus can and does. Sometimes I think we forget that. The wise men snubbed Herod in Jerusalem for Jesus in Bethlehem. Think about that. Uh, Jerusalem was and is a pretty big town, and it's an impressive town. It was and is a cultural center of the world. People have been worshiping, gathering to worship in Jerusalem for over a thousand years by the time Herod and Jesus came along. Think about that. That's a long, long, long time. And the wise men snubbed Jerusalem for Bethlehem. Bethlehem's about five or six miles outside of Jerusalem, and if you've been to Bethlehem today, it seems like a pretty sketchy place. I mean, there's a bunch of concertina wire everywhere. There are a bunch of walls everywhere. There are a bunch of soldiers with Uzis everywhere that you don't want to mess with if you can help it. It's sort of a, it is, it is a very conflicted place now, and it was then too. And the wise men, if nothing else, snubbed, think about that, Jerusalem for Bethlehem. And it's not like they snubbed King Herod in Jerusalem for the mayor of Bethlehem or, or the guy who, whose family had been in Bethlehem forever and he owned all of Bethlehem and half of Jerusalem, but he didn't have the heart to leave Bethlehem. It's not like that at all. They snubbed King Herod in Jerusalem for this little helpless infant, immigrant infant who was already on the run by the time he was born. And then not long, actually, because the wise men snubbed Herod, he had to leave again to go all the way, fleeing religious persecution, he had to go all the way to Egypt and live there for a couple of years. And then, if you keep reading this story, he couldn't go back to Bethlehem because he thought people were still looking for him. So they had to go to an even more do-nothing town called Nazareth around Galilee, which is finally where Jesus was raised. Think about that. And Jesus did go. Now, I, would, I will say this. Jesus did go to Jerusalem. He went to the halls of power. He went there at least four times in Scripture. 
He, he went there as a child, Luke 2 tells us, and then he went there. John tells us three more times. He probably went there every year to celebrate the Passover. But the last time he went there, buddy, that was a real barn burner. He went all the way down to Jerusalem, and he had, he had a number of followers by that time, a lot of followers. And he went down there, and, uh, and they had this little parade for him in the Golden Gate. And he was lifted up. He was lifted up, all right. He was hoisted up, lynched up on a cross where he died. So you really want to follow, you want to follow Herod who's in a palace? That seems pretty plush to me. Or do you want to follow Jesus who's on a cross? What do you think? But it doesn't really matter because Herod doesn't care about us anymore anyway. And I think that's fine. I think it's an opportunity, actually, because Herod was not, is not, and never will be God. And neither am I, and neither are you, Jesus is. Maybe the wise men were not all that wise, I don't know. I would say they're foolish, very foolish to snub Herod. But God shows what is foolish in the world to shame the wise, what is weak in the world to shame the strong, what is low and despised in the world, things that are not to reduce to nothing things that are. The wise men unwisely, foolishly chose Jesus. So should we. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand in body or spirit as we affirm our faith together, saying the Apostles' Creed. Brothers and sisters in Christ, what do you believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Ghost, born in the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and set it on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence she shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. One way we can live into our life of discipleship is to share our resources with others. Let us give freely in faith that whatever we give will be blessed by God to be a blessing to others. Let us present our tithes and our offerings.
Gracious God, we offer you these gifts. Please bless them just as you bless those who gave them and those who will receive them. May the sharing of this offering remind us of the connection that holds us all together and the beloved community you call us to form. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Scripture says they will come from north, south, east, and west to sit and eat in the table of God. Friends, this is not our table. It's not a Presbyterian table. It's not our church's table. This table belongs to God. And Christ our Lord has invited all who come to this table, who come in faith and who come in reconciliation and forgiveness. This table is not a right given to the privileged few, but a gift given to all of us who come in faith. We'll have communion this morning by asking you all to come forward. Um, the center sections come to this table. The outside sections go to the outside tables. Um, the center sections come down um, the center aisle and out on the outside, and the outside does the opposite. You'll, you'll figure it out, I promise. Um, follow the person in front of you, and you'll get to where you need to go. Um, before we have communion this morning, oh, we, when you take communion, take the elements back to your seat, and we'll take them together. If you cannot come to us, uh, let us know, and we'll be sure to take them to you. Before we have communion this morning, we will pray. And before we pray, we do have a number of needs I'd like to lift up to you. We continue to pray for Karen Webb and her family on the death of her father, Jack. We continue to pray for y'all and lift y'all up. Um, we also pray for the family of David Moser, who died on January the 1st. His service will be uh, this Thursday, January the 12th at 2 o'clock in this sanctuary. So please pray for Sandra. Uh, and their boys, uh, Stephen and Jeff. Let's also remember the, uh, Kelly McLean's family, whose mother died on the 3rd. Um, her services are pending, and her father is dying. So let's remember, um, it's a heavy time for a lot of people in our church. So please be in prayer for all of them. Would you join me for the great Thanksgiving? The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Eternal God, holy and mighty, it is truly right and our greatest joy to give you thanks and praise and to worship you in every place where your glory abides. You laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They shall all perish, but you, O Lord, shall endure. You are always the same. Your years will never end. You made us in your image. You called us to be your people. But we turn from you, leaving sin and death to reign. And still you loved us and you sought us. In Christ, your grace defeated death and opened the way to eternal life. Therefore, we praise you. And we join our voices with the, with the heavenly choirs and with the faithful of every time and place who forever sing to the glory of your name. and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. You sent your only begotten, in whom your fullness dwells, to be the way, the truth, and the life. 
revealing your love. Jesus taught those who would hear him, healed those who believed in him, and received all who sought him, and lifted the burden of their sin. We glorify you for your great power and love at work in Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made us a new people by water and the Spirit. We give you thanks, Lord, that the Lord Jesus, on the night before he died, took bread, and after giving thanks to you, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. And after the after the supper was served, he took the cup and gave thanks to you and gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Remembering all your mighty and merciful acts, we take this bread and this wine from the gifts you've given us and we celebrate with joy the redemption won for us in Jesus Christ. Accept this, our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving as a living and holy offering of ourselves, that our lives may proclaim the one crucified and risen. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and wine, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. By your spirit, unite us with the living Christ and with all who are baptized in his name, that we may be one in ministry in every place. As this bread is Christ's body for us, send all of us out to be the body of Christ for the whole world. Lord, we are grateful for this church, for all you're doing in it. We're grateful for all that you promised to do in it. Lord, we pray for those who are hurting in it. We pray for those who are bereaved, and there are a lot who are bereaved. Bless them and keep them in the resurrection hope. Lord, bless and keep all of us that we could do your work in 2023, that we could see what you're doing, and that like the unwise, wise men, we could choose you over other forces that we sometimes choose. Lord, forgive us for forgetting who we are and whose we are. And teach us all to walk in the way that leads to life. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory are yours, almighty God, now and forever. And now hear us, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When we eat the bread, is it not a sharing in the body of Christ? And when we drink this cup, is it not a sharing in the blood of Christ? Would you come, for everything is ready.
Has everyone been served? This is the body of Christ broken for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Let us again pray. Gracious God, we do give you thanks for this holy meal, this holy mystery in which you have given all of yourself, which you have come down from glory, and you have given all of yourself to us. Grant that we may be strengthened and empowered by this meal and by this service, that we could leave this place today, and that we could serve you and give all of ourselves to you and to your children and to the world that you love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Once again, welcome to Matthew's Presbyterian Church. It's good to have you all in the Lord's house. It's good to have so many of you in the Lord's house. This is a good way to start off 2023. Um, if you're worshiping with us for the first time or otherwise visiting with us, we are glad that you're here, and I hope I get the chance to meet you and welcome you in person. And I encourage all of you all on this cold, rainy January day to stop by and get some soup. Um, so you can either eat soup here at the tables, just sit down and they'll serve it to you. I think there are two different kinds, so just tell them what you want and they'll serve it to you. Or you can get some soup to go, and if you want it to go, then go to the counter on the left and you can get some and you can take it home and eat it tonight or today. Either way, get some soup and enjoy it. And we are taking donations which go to support the uh, missions that we do at Matthew's Presbyterian Church. Um, as you leave here, go out uh, and choose. There are all sorts of things you can love and all sorts of things you can follow. My charge to you is to go out and love and follow and keep your eyes on Jesus, who alone saves us and changes our hearts. Let's have a prayer over the food, and then we'll do a benediction. Let us pray. Lord, I am thankful for this food. I'm thankful for those who prepared it. I'm thankful for those who eat it. I ask you to bless it to our bodies and bless our bodies so that we could leave this place empowered and strengthened to serve you and your children faithfully. Amen. Now may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen.